Why do you want to fight? This is the fight game with Demond Cotton. Hello, hello, and welcome to another exciting edition of the Fight Game on 1230 The Game. I am your host, Damon Cotton, and I know I say it each and every week, but there's so much to talk about in the world of combat sports. There's so much to get into, and we only have an hour show, so little time, but we're going to jam-pack. First off, let me tell you the guests that we have coming up. First off, we're kicking off with a home run hitter. Excuse me, kicking off, getting my sports confused there. Okay, but you get what I'm saying. We're leading off. With Teofimo Lopez, I mean, former undisputed champion of the world at 135, now making his way up to 140. He's going to be joining us on the show. And right after Teofimo Lopez, shout out the top rank, Xander Zayas, young phenom, made his pro debut at 17, going to be joining us on the show. But don't worry, there is more. But wait, there's more. Yes, I know. UFC 282 coming up this Saturday as well in T-Mobile Arena right here inside Las Vegas, Nevada. Patty the Batty is going to be joining us. Patty Pimblett. Bryce Mitchell is going to be joining us as well. And Raul Rosas Jr., the 18-year-old phenom, is going to be closing the show with us here on The Fight Game. So much to talk about. Where do we start? First, I would like to say and offer my condolences to referee Mills Lane. I mean, we use the sounder here on the show. He was not he was so much more than a referee. There was even a clip of Mills Lane being the judge because he also had a TV show. He was Judge Mills Lane for a while as well, where he was the adjudicator for a contract dispute for when Stone Cold Steve Austin would have a title match on Monday Night Raw. He just, he was more than a boxing referee. We all know him from Celebrity Deathmatch as well. Let's get it on. I mean, just an iconic figure in the world of boxing and all the combat sports, even pop culture, you could show him and they'd say, oh, I know who that is. And that is so rare for a referee. I mean, we're talking about an official who became at maybe in the late 90s was a pop culture was a pop culture star and i don't think you're ever going to see an official go from officiating to his own courtroom tv show to being one of the best cartoon characters on tv as well so just wanted to say that i know that he did more for the support than i am able to profound on or, or to speak on but for me mills lane there was judge mills lane obviously and then there was Celebrity Deathmatch, where I was like, man, this guy is great. He's a character all unto himself. And you forget that he was the referee in the infamous Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield fighting fight. Let's just call it that, where he bit him. What would you want me to do? That's what he said after the fight when people asked him, why did he stop the fight? He kept biting him. Hey, man. So rest in peace to referee Mills Lane. Now, let's get into something that I want to talk about dearly, but there's only a short amount of time on the show to get into it. Ricky Starks, when we had Evan Mack on earlier in the year, he called him the conduit between the light-skinned and the blacks in the dark-skinned community. Hey, man, Evan was spot on because after last night, the promo that he cut on AEW champion MJF. Oh, yeah, that brother's a star. That brother's going places. I know that he's not going to be able to take that title off of MJF next week. But this is going to be AEW's 
best feud for years to come. This is their rock in Austin. And obviously, Ricky Starks is going to be the rock in this situation, the way he was dressing down MJF. I mean, every every cut, every burn hit. You know, he's going to take that responsibility off his plate. Called him a little boy. Said that he doesn't iron his shirts. I mean, Ricky Starks was batting a thousand, throwing a hundred, was really laying into MJF, but credit to MJF as well. He didn't try to interrupt. I mean, Ricky Starks went in on him for about four minutes of a promo. It, what Did it go a little long? No, not to me. But I could see how someone, you're just sitting there and your opponent for your title and you're the heel MJF is, and we all know that he's one of the best talkers in the business, and you just sit there and you eat crow while Ricky Starks lays into him. But I looked at there wasn't a put down. He didn't try to, oh, whoa, 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 wait, wait. No, he just sat there in the facial expressions that MJF made. That that sold it for MJF. That made MJF look like the swarmy hill that he is. And what does he do after Ricky Starks gives him, you know, rips him a new one? A low blow. Perfect. He didn't need to say a word because that shows you how squirmy, how dastardly of a heel he is right there because this guy just dressed me down in front of in front of thousands of people. Millions are going to be watching, and he just embarrassed me. I'm going to kick him in the nuts. But Ricky Starks recovers, hits the ropes, hits a spear. MJF's shoes go flying into the air. And just like that, I'm all in. I'm all in for, A, the title picture last week. Oh, man, I really didn't like the turn of William Regal, and now it's been official that he is going to be leaving AEW and going back to the WWE. It's official. I was wondering where they're going to go with MJF from here. I didn't think that they were utilizing Ricky Starks that well as a title cha- as a challenger for that title. But all it took was one promo. All it took was that face-to-face interaction to see how bad both competitors wanted, and that's what is missing in pro wrestling a lot of times just seeing that the guys want it why do they want this title what are they fighting for give me the reasons for why these guys have a beef with each other besides hey i want to win and i want to win we need more than that in pro wrestling i know in the ufc hey you could just say hey there's no bad blood i just want to get my paycheck I want to be the best. But in wrestling, I need that story. And you give me these two guys in their mid-20s that are duking it out for that top spot. Like I said, this is Rock Austin. Rock Triple H. Whoever you want to say. But you remember those attitude eras. I mean, this is that for AEW now. So good on them for pulling this off. And if they just keep dragging the story out... I don't need, I, both guys are phenomenal in the ring, but the in-ring action won't even matter because when these two guys step on the mic, can't miss. I'll tell you that right now. So I just had to stop, talk about that before we get into the interviews, and we have a lot of them. So don't go anywhere. We're going to be back with Teofimo Lopez on the fight game on 1230 The Game. I'm pleased to introduce my next guest here on the fight game, the takeover, Teofimo Lopez. All right, now, I got to ask you straight off the bat, is takeover going to be the walkout song for this Saturday's fight? <laughs> That's for me to know and for you guys to find out, man. <laughs> this is takeover, takeover, man. Like the great old Frank Sinatra says it, says it best. Say, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. Yeah, that's right. And this fight, Saturday, December 10th, you're going to be taking on Sander Martin inside MSG. I know that you are a New York native. What's it like fighting in Madison Square Garden? I know you've done it a couple of times, but does it feel special every time? Absolutely. Every single time. I don't I don't see it. Like, just when I think that this, that this tops it, 
there's another one that tops it on top of that, you know? And, um, you know, those things right there alone just really sets the tone for me to understand how I need to carry this. I mean, the mecca of boxing, man, Madison Square Garden, this is where legends, I tell people, this is not where legends are, are made. This is where legends are born, you know? And, and, and just to be in that arena, I won my first world title, my first world championship title at Madison Square Garden and back in 2019 against uh, the former world, against a champion, you know, and we beat him. You know, so I'm just looking forward to, you know, it's been three years since I've been in that arena, and I, I can't wait to put on a show for everybody on Heisman night once again and just, you know, hitting them with the Heisman pose afterwards. <laughs> I love it when you hit the Heisman pose again. We're talking to Teofimo Lopez here on the fight game. So I got to ask you, what's this move up to 140 been like for you? How do you feel like physically, physical with your body as well? I feel great. I really do, honestly. I, this is the best I've felt in over in years, to be honest. You know, uh, moving up in weight has been a tremendous uh, key in my life now. You know, uh, this has definitely changed my mindset to much greater heights. I needed this change. I needed to move on and move past the 135 division. I believe, you know, everything happens for its reasons. Look, you know, I, I became the undisputed world champion at 135 pounds. You know, and now it's all about doing the same thing as a repeat, takeover, takeover at 140. All right, and you say that there, the takeover at 140, and I'm not saying we're go you're going to look past Martin at all, but what would be next if you were able to, you know, obviously get the victory on Saturday? Oh, absolutely. You know, um, listen, we're not going to overlook this guy. He's a vet. He knows what he does in that ring. You know, he's number one in Europe, you know, and obviously he's in the top ten of all the sanctioning bodies in boxing, all the world championships. Uh, so this is a tough competitor, you know. This is a great matchup for myself. He's 40. He has 40 wins. He's, uh, he has two losses, you know, uh, not a big puncher, but more of a boxer. You know, a lot of people want to see how I do with boxers, you know, and so I'm looking forward to really put on a show. And afterwards, you know, uh, just I got my eyesight, you know, on, on Josh Taylor. I got my eyesight on, on those world titles and becoming a two-time undisputed world champion in two different divisions. Looking forward to really making, uh, making more history and breaking more records. You know, that's what, that's what it's all about. It's not about becoming famous here. We, we, we've done that. We did that. We're not trying to become famous. It's like the juice in the sauce. Famous is juice. <laughs> it don't last long. But the legendary vibes and the, legend, the legendary stuff that we bring to the table, being a legend, that's the sauce. Yo, that's man, what it's I all about. Yo, I love that you said that because you're still only 25 years old, man. You still got so much ahead of you in your career, but already you've been an undisputed champion in the weight class. You're already you're aiming for that now again at 140. But how do you keep elevating your game? How do you keep getting better? Um, there's always other mountains to achieve. You got to remind yourself there's a bigger mountain out there that that we haven't uh, have accomplished yet. You know, as a as that's a successful mindset. You know, failure is not fatal. You know, it's just teaching you to to go even harder. You know, we may fall, we may stumble along the way. You know, I've learned from those greats. You know, they paved the way for fighters like me and athletes like myself all around the world. You know, you have to be a student of the game in order to become a teacher. So, so how do you do it? That's that movement right there. I know that in order for me to continue, I have a lot in me that, 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 that not many know, but I do. So what is it? Okay, this happened. Okay, I failed. That's cool. But I, did I really fail? That's the question. No. Because why? We keep moving forward. And that's all you need to do in life. You know, so I'm looking forward to just setting up a, another tie, uh, another, how can I say, another mountain. We're just, we just climbing up another mountain. There's always other mountains out there to climb to be successful. You know, I just can't wait to enjoy this journey along the way. 
Again, we're talking to Teofimo Lopez here on The Fight Game. He's going to be fighting this Saturday, December 10th, inside Medicine Square Garden, taking on Sandor Martin. I mean, so you've already accomplished so much so so far in your career, but do, how long do you think you're going to stay at 140, being if you do get that Josh Taylor fight, you unify that? I'm not trying to map out your career too far ahead, but how long do you think you're going to stay at 140? No, absolutely. You know, we're not trying to think too ahead. You know, we got to always appreciate the present, appreciate the now, the power of now, you know, but, you know, moving forward from there, you know, you also got to think about it. It's, um, what more can I do? Right. That's the question. What more can I achieve? You know, uh, for myself, there's so much more that I could do for this and for my sport. I love my sport. I'm passionate for what I do, you know, and, um, because of that, it gives me more of that drive to push on further. You know, so when it comes to Santa Martin and everything and, and how long I'm going to be in this weight class, uh, honestly, I just listen to my body now. You know, I went against my body for two years at the 135 division, you know, and because of that, I got my first defeat, you know, and, and but it, I did I really get my first defeat? No, it was a learning lesson. So I, I got an E for effort and I learned from it. And now it's all about moving forward. So I can't really put a real uh, annual time on me being at this division. You know, uh, who knows? Mm -hmm. You know, it could be two years. It could be three years. My whole goal right now is just to collect all the world title belts and become undisputed in two different divisions. All right. Now, I just want to have a little fun with you, man. When you're preparing for a fight, I know you're locked in. But what are you doing in your downtime? You, you know, the week of a fight. Oh, the week of the fight, you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot of research, especially now. You know, um, this, is the, this is the part that I love about myself and uh, what I love about growth. Growth never stops. It's like a tree. It just keeps growing, right? And it always has a season. You know, growth has a season when it needs the leaves need to fall so that you can bring the new 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 in your life. New trees, new life, right? So and new leaves. So with that being said, I you know, I've been just honestly on another frequency level. You know, I'm only twenty five like you said, but I'm still maturing as a as a human and as a man. You know, I, I'm turning I'm transitioning from a boy to a man, which I'm very grateful for from the higher divine. Um, so what am I doing with that time? You know, I meditate, you know, especially during fight week, stay hydrated. I meditate, um, and meditation could be many things. You know, a lot of people think that is, you got to Zen out and, and be in a position, but that's not it. You know, I do journaling, you know, I journal, I write down stuff, important things that I know that are going to impact my life to greater heights. You know, it's not about me taking all this with me, because at the end of it all, this is the facts and these are the truth. When we pass away, we cannot take any of this with us. However, we can leave a lot behind. Is, am I right? So the fight game is that. The fight game is really what else do I want to leave behind before I go, if that ever comes to, to, to terms. And I've I just been a lot of journaling, a lot of meditating, you know, staying focused. Every negative that they throw at me, trying to find a way, how do I change it to turn it into a positive because that's all it is, you know, positive, positivity. And it's all about inflecting the youth, the new generation that's on the cusp of the horizon, you know. And, 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 and I have a tone and I have a moment right here, you know, to, to express that. You know, to the new kids out there, to everyone that wants to become anything in life, do it. Do it. Just do it, you know. Just do it. No one should tell you how to, how to live your life. No one. The only person that should guide your life is the man above, as Jesus Christ. I ain't even going to lie to you, man. I'm only 26, but listening to you talk, is like, man, you inspiring me right now. Like, That's what it's all about. <laughs> Listen, it's, uh, I'm all about inspiring, man. I, I'm a giver. Like, 
if I could tell you anything, and this my and this is my my logic of thinking, there's two types of people in this world. There's givers and there's takers. The givers they sleep better. The takers they eat better. So it's all about a choice. We all have a choice, you know. Stand on purpose, not fear. Um, I'm just trying to relay these messages now. I have a I have a I have more of a purpose because of it. You know, I have a duty to I have to do I have a duty. I do. I have a duty online as we all do. And it's all about what we do with it, right? So I'm not trying to accept these blessings just to myself. It's all it's time to give back to everyone out there because everyone just needs love, man. Love is love, God is love. All right, man, I can't say it any better myself. Again, we're talking to Teofimo Lopez here on The Fight Game, and I've only got one more question for you. If you do get the win tonight, I mean, on Saturday, you mentioned the Heisman pose. Which jersey will you be wearing? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hey, man, I mean, the odds right now are are on Caleb Williams. You know, uh, as you can see in in Vegas right now, the odds are 25 to 1. So, I mean, it could be anyone at this point now, you know. uh, All these tremendous athletes. I mean, you even got Bennett from Georgia. You mm-hmm. know, you also got Dugan. You got Stroud. I mean, these guys are on another level, man. They all deserve it. However, it only it only requires one person at the end, right? So, uh, I don't know. We just have to wait and see. You know, it might be Caleb Williams. You might just see me with the USC uh, jersey, hitting with the Heisman. <laughs> all right, man. Thank you so much for joining me. Next time I have you on, we're just going to be talking sports. Everything outside of boxing, we're just going to be talking sports. Yes, sir. I love it. Hey, this is a sports takeover. Love you guys. There he goes, everybody. Teofimo Lopez. And we've got a jam-packed show for you today, so let's not waste any time. Let's get to the next guest, Xander Zayas. Let's get it on! I'm pleased to introduce my next guest, Xander Zayas, light middleweight contender. And you can be able to check him out this Saturday, December 10th, as he's going to be taking on Alexis Flores at Madison Square Garden. How you feeling for this upcoming fight? Man, I feel amazing. I feel amazing for, for this upcoming fight Saturday night, and um, I'm just ready to put on a show. Everything is done. Now is, you know, the final weight cuts, and, and time to have fun. Yeah, you mentioned the final weight cuts. What's it like for you, the actual cut in the training camp? How has that been for you this, this, for this upcoming fight? Man, it's been amazing. I mean, I have a, a very professional team behind me, starting with my coaches. You know, um, my nutritionist, perfecting athletes, they, they've been doing this for for a lot of time, you know, they, they work with, with, with elite fighters, um, like Shakur Stevenson, myself, um, Michaela Mayers, um, Terrence Crawford. So they know what they're doing. I, I trust them with my, my, my eyes closed. And um, every, every wake up is, is, is the easiest as possible as we can make it. Yeah, I heard that. And I want to take you back to your first fight, if you'll indulge me for a second. Because I remember seeing your first pro debut, and it was... You're 17 years old, and you get the knockout. And I know it's only been such a short time that you're only 20 years old, but have you seen yourself grow from debuting pro at 17 to now? Oh, yes, definitely, definitely. When I was, you know, 17, I looked, I looked back, and, and it's been a long, in a way, a long way because we've, you know, we've experienced a lot in the boxing world. We have grown in the ring and outside of it. And um, I feel like, yes, we, we have seen the changes throughout my career. And I got to ask you about this next fight coming up. Flores, I know the, the, you know, the, the most important fight is the next fight. So what challenges does this opponent present to you? Man, he's, he's a tall opponent. He works, you know, he knows how to work his distance and manage his distance. Very, um, very good at counterpunching. Um, he comes with a, with a great coach in Freddie Roach. So I know, I know he's ready. I know he's prepared. He's motivated. 
And um, that's what we wanted. We want we want something that you know, we want somebody that is going to challenge me, that is going to make me better, is going to make me elevate my game. And this Saturday night, that's not going to be that's not going to be a problem. I feel like you know everything is done. Like I said, I'm ready, and um, I'm excited. I'm excited for this one. You're excited for this one, and you mentioned Freddie Roach. That's a legendary trainer, of course. But of you improving your game, what do you think? That's, I'm not saying like the biggest improvement that you made, but what do you think is your best attribute in the ring? Man, um, my, you know, the way that I could be smart and aggressive at the same time. I feel like mm-hmm. that's something that that takes me to the next level, and you know, people don't don't expect because again. You know, they, they see a 20-year-old, they probably see a kid in the sport, and they, they think of it, they think of me as a, as a, just a kid. So when they, when they start, you know, feeling the pressure, when they start feeling the, the, the power shots, that's when, you know, the whole game plan changes. And um, I feel like that's one of my best attributes in the ring. And then I know you mentioned 20 years old. People still consider you a kid, but where do you see your career going next? I mean, I know that I, you don't want to look too far ahead because the next opponent is the most dangerous opponent, but where are you seeing yourself maybe even in a year, two years from now? Man, I'll say in a year, year and a half, I should be, I should be in the conversation for a world championship, for a world title. Um, again, just taking everything step by step, like you said, this is the next step in my career, and I have to take, you know, I have to take business, take care of business on this one. Um, but I'll say 2024, I should be fighting for a world title. All right, man, it's good to hear. Again, we're talking to Xander Zayas here on the fight game on 1230, the game. Now, I know that you've got the fight coming up, but when it comes to your downtime on the fight week, what are you doing to just mellow out or like just take your mind off of the fight in that downtime that you have? Man, um, the downtime uh, on fight week, I try to either sleep or, or get on the game. My PS4, I always bring it with me um, just, some, just to have some 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 time for myself when I'm not doing anything, but fight fight week is pretty, it's pretty busy, you know, with interviews and weight cuts and training and all of that. So, you know, just that's what I do in my downtime. All right. You mentioned the PS4. So what are you gaming on? Well, let me know what you're playing. Man. I like, I like, um, MLB soccer. I like, um, call of duty. I like all of those games, you know, just, just keeping it fun. All right, so you mentioned soccer, so I'm sure you're playing FIFA. Have you been keeping up with the World Cup at all? Yes, 100% right now I'm watching the game. Um, Portugal just scored a really nice goal. Um, but I'm rooting, for, I'm rooting for Brazil, Argentina. Okay, okay. So who do you, if they were to meet, who do you got, who you got favored in they, that then? They, they, are meet, they are meeting in the next game, and um, I would like, I would like um, Argentina to win because, I mean, not the next game. If they win this next, this next um, stage, they will meet in the semifinals. Um, I would like Argentina to win because I like Messi. He's my favorite player. Um, and I want him to win a, a World Cup. But I like Brazil, too. So it, I wouldn't be mad who, for, you know, whoever wins. All right, you just mentioned Messi, and I'm going to try to make a tie-in here. I mean, he's got some of the best footwork in soccer. Where do you think that your footwork ranks in boxing? Because I think that that's something that you're also very elite at. Um, ah, man, um, it, it depends on... on, on what fighters we're comparing to? There's a lot of fighters that have great footwork. I feel like my footwork is amazing. I know how to control my distance. I know how to set my distance. I know how to set trap with my, with my feet. So overall, I give it like 1 through 10, 10 being the best. I give it like a nice a nice 8. I know we can improve on that a lot more, and we will improve that on, on, on that a lot more. 
Hey, man, that's what I like about you. You're still staying humble. I get it because, you know, hey, even though you think that you're pretty good, but there's always still some room to grow. Sanders, I thank you so much for joining me today. Before I let you go, man, anything besides the fight or, hey, just even promoting the fight that you want to let the fans know you got going on? Man, um, we're going to have a QR code coming out um, later this week for for my uniform. We're going to... Um, we're gonna auction the uniform and 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 whatever we whatever we donate whatever we we get from the from the uniform from the auction we're gonna donate it to um to a foundation in Puerto Rico um Rima's foundation that they are you know they help you know with schools they help with kids they help with, with people you know in need and and that's what we're doing for this for this fight. Hold on, let me ask you another. Let me ask you a follow up on that. Is that gonna are you gonna be releasing that on your Twitter, Instagram? Where can people find that? We we will we will we will start you know promoting it this week I believe in all social media Facebook Twitter and Instagram I believe um Top Rank will do the same and um I'm also coming out with the with the just announced um closer pitcher of the year Edwin Diaz from the Mets so that's something that is you know it was also a surprise. Hold on, are you going to be coming out to trumpets? Is that going to be the walkout song? <laughs> Man, um, it might be, it might be. I don't know yet. Um, we have, uh, we're going to have some fun that night. All right, man, I can't wait to watch it. I'm anticipating it now. Like, I'm just, I might just get be bopping already. As soon as they announce your name, I'm going to be bopping already to, if you're coming out with Edwin Diaz because I feel like man, I know what's going to be coming. It's going to be, it's going to be a good night. Um, Saturday night, I'm excited for it. And um, again, just stay tuned for it. Keep keep the social media going for, for the QR code. It's coming out really, 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 really soon. And um, thank you for all the support. Thank you for all the love. And um, I'll see you guys Saturday night. Thank you so much for joining me. All right, brother. Thank you. Xander Zayas, ladies and gentlemen. Can't wait to hear that on Saturday because I know that's what he's going to be coming out with. Edward Diaz walking him out to the ring right out of the gate. I mean... Who's giving it to you better than the fight game? Thanks to Top Rank for setting up those interviews with two great fighters under their roster. And when we come back, we're going to be talking some UFC 282 with Patty the Batty. Don't go anywhere. This is the fight game on 1230 The Game. This could be it. Right under. This is it. Welcome back to the fight game with Damon Cotton. Welcome back to the fight game on 1230 The Game, and I'm pleased to introduce my next guest, Patty Pimblett, Patty the Batty, chatting pony with Patty Pimblett. He's the host of his own podcast, and he's going to be taking on Jared Gordon at UFC 282 in the lightweight division. Patty, man, let's get right into it. You are a fan favorite. You've coming off, you're coming off of three finishes in a row. I mean, your submission game and that rear naked choke that you had in your last fight was great. What do you think is going to be the key to victory against Gordon this Saturday? The key to victory is just coming out and beating himself on the man I don't want yeah, and you mentioned, you know, wherever the fight goes, but I know that you're a well-rounded fighter, but where do you feel the most comfortable depending on this opponent here? Um, I, say, I think I'm better at here. So I'll feel comfortable spiking with him, showing, showing off my punches, using my elbows. If he wants to try and wrestle me, I think I'll end up on top. If I want to wrestle him, I'll put him on his back to the easy. And when it comes to jiu-jitsu, I'm, I'm levels above. I actually rolled with him in 2018 and submitted him twice in five minutes. So 
and this will be your third fight this year. You've been pretty active this year. So how does your body feel physically? Do you like that three fights in a year type of um, schedule? Yeah, the, uh, the fights, the first fight I was probably prepared for March, and then July was a little bit of a, you know what I mean, it wasn't, I was prepared, but me, it was a bit, little bit of a harder weight cut and a harder count. This camp's been perfect. When I, mean, I woke up this morning under 56 pounds, well, you got 10 pounds to lose that, which is absolutely nothing. Yeah, I know that, you know, uh, you, so it's been well documented that, you know, you like to eat, you like to enjoy yourself. But I mean, it's it all comes with the territory of, you know, making that weight cut. But at 155, where do you see yourself in the in the rankings, maybe after this fight? No, I, I'm not getting ahead of myself, you know what I mean? I don't see myself getting that. I think Tony Ferguson's at 15, McGregor 14, and Booker 13, and three top fighters, you know what I mean? So... I really I don't see myself getting ranked at all because I've got to beat one of them first. It'll come in the future, but it's not just yet. Again, we're talking to Patty the Batty here on the fight game. Now, something that I did want to ask you about, and Jared Gordon, he also mentioned it yesterday. You guys are both very active when it comes to talking about mental health and just speaking about issues that a lot of fighters or just people in general do not talk about. Where did you get that confidence to be yourself and to speak about what's on your mind? I'm just always myself. I'm unapologetically myself. I'll just tell how it is. So I can't help. A lot of stuff comes out. I just say how it is. And what I said after my life, last fight, all just came from the heart because of what happened with Dick. He's one of my mates from back home. That's just the way I felt about it. So I just let everyone know. And and also, you, with you speaking your mind, you have your podcast, Chad and Pony. What do you think, what are some of the benefits yeah. of having your own podcast that you can just relate? I thank you for doing this interview here with me, but when you can just be able to talk to your fans directly. It's great. I don't know what I mean, because your fans can ask you stuff and you can let them know what you're thinking and like, you, can, you can speak to them more. I've, I've been doing that podcast for like three years now. It's not something I've started just as a USC. I've been doing that for years. Yeah, and with that podcast, you you had Dana White as a guest. What was it like just having the boss on, just as a guest on the pod? You know, just shooting the shooting the breeze with the boss. It wasn't, but it wasn't like having the boss on. Lad. It was like having one of my mates on. <laughs> I mean, it was it was cool. We, we had a a good little chat. Put a few people in the place. All right, Patty, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Only a few more questions for you. I know that you mentioned that, hey, maybe the rankings would come next, but if you want to win, if you were to win this fight, and I don't want you to look too far ahead, I know that the most dangerous opponent is the next opponent, but who would you see maybe potentially for yourself in 2023? I don't know. There's a lot of fights out there. I just know the lightweight to Shaft, Shaft, division of the UFC, so there's a, there's a lot of tough fights out there at I don't mention anyone's name. People talk about me. I'm not giving anyone any free publicity. I'll ever see on Twitter is lightweight talking about me. Not even just lightweight, featherweight, weight. People have got my name in their mouth. If you want to get some publicity, it's embarrassing. So how do you handle that? I know that you want to be the biggest superstar that you can, but when everyone, people that aren't even in the lightweight division, are constantly talking about you, do you like that attention? Yeah, I'm used to it a lot. You know, it was happening in cage audios for years, lads. People have different weight benches than me. Now it's happening in the UFC. It's not new to me, lad. Uh, as I've said, I'm the name man, lad. I'm the new cash cow, and everyone wants a slice. <laughs> I love your honesty, man. Patty Pimblett, thank you so much for joining me here on The Fight Game. And you can check him out at UFC 282 that's going to be taking, taking place this Saturday at T-Mobile Arena. Before I let you go, you got anything that you want to let the people know? 
said, you know, it's nice to be nice. He said, this is how you'd like to be treated. Don't be a backstabber like a lot of people out there. But I love all my fans. And I love all my haters. I can't wait to prove he's all wrong on Saturday night and get that warm, fuzzy feeling inside. Let's get it on! And I'm pleased to introduce my next guest, UFC featherweight contender Bryce Mitchell, and he's going to be taking on Ilya Tapora at UFC 282. Bryce, I've got to ask you, what are going to be some of the dangers in this opponent that you got coming up? Well, Ilya hits hard. He moves pretty well. He's not afraid. Um, he recovers well, too, if you hurt him. So um, it, it's going to be a good fight. I mean, he is an undefeated fighter. So is there anything that you've been working on, especially for Tapora in this camp, that you need to make sure that's going to be sharp in your game? Uh, yeah, just making sure that I keep moving the whole time and don't let him hit me because it does hit hard. And you also, you're a hard hitter. You know, you're great on the ground. What are some of the things that you think you'll be able to exploit in him? I know, you know, stay away from his power, but what do you see yourself having the upper hand? Well, I have all sorts of things. I can beat him at. You're just going to have to watch on Saturday to see what they are, my brother. <laughs> Again, we're talking to Bryce Mitchell, Thug Nasty, here on the fight game on 1230, the game. Your first fight back against Edson Barbosa, you know, an impressive performance, but how are you feeling physically after that long layoff? Oh, I feel just fine, brother. I'm ready to go in there and do the thing and get me a nice paycheck, brother. That's, you know, that's what I got to do. All right, man, you mentioned that nice paycheck. So during the fight week, I know that the your opponent, you know, that's the most important thing. But how what do you do in that downtime, you know, just to keep your mind relaxed and, you know, not get too worked up about Saturday? I'm watching YouTube videos right now. I and uh, I'm watching this crazy stuff like uh, cave divers that died and rock climbers that died. It's pretty terrible stuff. I don't know why I've been watching all these, these but that's what I've been doing, just sitting there watching cave cave videos. Hey, <laughs> man, whatever, whatever helps you get through the day, man, whatever keeps your mind like relaxed. And I've got to ask you about the rap album that you put out, like country rap, something that I can get down to. Where was that inspiration to be like, hey, man, I can put out a rap album? Well, I just have been making music for a little while, but not sharing it with anybody. So then I had some dreams, and then I was basically inspired to just share it with the world. And for the most part, people like it. It wasn't very popular, but what little people walked it did like it. So I really like the feedback on it, and I'm happy that I did it, and I want to do more. All right, so is there anybody like particular, like music-wise, that you would like, want to work with? Um, yeah, I mean, there's... I wouldn't mind working with a lot of people. There's so many people out there, but they'd have to reach out to me and and all that. But you know, like Jelly Roll, that's a co that's a cool dude right there. Um, you know, I I kind of like to have some country type of beats and stuff. You know, but um, I don't know. We'll see where it goes. I think in in the future, I think more people will uh, be wanting to do music with me. All right, because in the future, your star is going to be rising in the UFC. Now, i got to ask you about this. I don't want you to look too far ahead because I know the, the next opponent's the most dangerous one. But where do you see yourself or who do you see yourself taking on in 2023? Um, I'm not sure, but I could potentially fight for the belt. I do know that. I'm getting that close. So I've just got to go win this fight, brother. So if you win this one, do you think that you should be able to say, hey, I deserve a shot at the title after this win here, if, if it happens? Yeah, I, I think I think so, but um, you know that's of course my opinion. I, it, they don't care about my opinion very much, so 
I'll just fight whoever they tell me to. That's pretty much what I have to do. You know, I, I have literally no say at all. <laughs> if I <laughs> tell my boss, yeah, I want a title shot, he doesn't give it. Yeah, that is true. Again, we're talking to Bryce Mitchell here on The Fight Game, man. With your rise in the UFC, you're, you're a cult of personality. You're one of those fighters. People love him or you hate, or hate him. How do you, how do you like that fan reaction, being such a polarizing figure in the UFC? Well, I'm enjoying it, and, um, you know, I, I'm just try, I try to be as nice as I can to everybody. I've never turned down a picture or anything, and I don't get, like, a ton of requests or anything, but anybody that ever asks for a picture or anybody that sends me a card in the mail, I sign it, so I do the best that I can just to show people my appreciation because I truly am appreciative of the people that support me and the people that uh, talk all the crap and hate me. Hey, they're still watching the fights, so... It, it, they're still selling tickets and it their tickets are the same price as the people who love me so you know it's either way i'm happy i'm just glad to be part of the circus <laughs> you mentioned being part of the circus but you are one of the top acts in the ufc do you feel that um like that uh, that not say that potential but that groundswell support for maybe you to be one of those next big breakout stars in the company yeah i mean i've Definitely think I could sell quite a bit of pay-per-views, and uh, if they'd give me the chance, I, I could show them that I could fill up arenas, I could fill up stadiums and sell pay-per-views, so hopefully they give me the chance. But I don't know, you know, it's it's literally all out of my control. I, all I can do is go in there and fight. That's what I do, brother. All right, all right, Bryce, only a couple more questions for you, man. Thank you for so much of your time, but only a few more. So just going to have some fun with you. What's the best and the worst part of working on a farm? Um, the worst part of working on a farm is like the chance of injury, you know, just with equipment or hurting yourself, anything like that. Because as soon as you hurt yourself, you'll you'll realize how important your health is. Your health is number one. And the best part is uh, the ability to basically just be free of government control. Because if you produce all your food, uh, you wouldn't need any type of currency and that's how the government really controls us is through our currency that's how they've enslaved us with a system of debt through the federal reserve to the creation of the dollar they completely inflate the money supply they're never going to stop printing out money and if you don't need money then the government really can't enslave you through their best means of doing it i understand what you're saying there so maybe like when it's all said and done in 10 15 years from now could you just see yourself just being off the grid and no one sees bryce mitchell again Oh, brother, I really hope it's before 10 or 15 years, but by 10 or 15 years, I really hope that it's done. I believe that it will be. I'm building a house right now on my farm because uh, I'm, I'm staying in a little trailer right now. So <laughs> old lady wants me to move out of the trailer. So I'm building a house, and after I build the house and all this other infrastructure, then it's time to start adding solar panels, digging a well, you know, so then I won't have no city water. Then I won't have no city electricity. Um and then, you know, then I'm ready to fight the government full force. I don't depend on anything that they offer. All right, I can't take up too much of your time, but I'd rather just talk about this instead of the fight coming up, man. You're such an instrument. Oh, me too, brother. <laughs> I, I, I Thank you for asking. I just love talking about this type of stuff. It's more important than the fight in any ways, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, being self-reliant, you know, like you said, making your own food. I mean, not being so reliant on the government. I'm with you a little bit. I mean, I'm not all the way in there with you because I live in Las Vegas. I'm a city guy now. But <laughs> if you could just put me back in Tennessee and just like have me doing nothing, I, like, man, 
but you know can't give this up just yet Bryce Mitchell thank you so much for joining me here on the fight game anything else that you want to let the people know you got going on I just want to thank God for making me healthy enough to be here and thank all my sponsors you know Realtree uh, they make great camo products Jocko they make good supplements and clothes Um, my bookie Man, just a lot of, lot of good sponsors here that, that helped me get here. So thank you, and thank you for your time, brother. Thank you, brother. Have a good one. Good luck on Saturday. Okay, appreciate you. Bye-bye. And that was Bryce Mitchell, and he's one of the most interesting fighters in the UFC and all of MMA. And when we get back, we're going to wrap up the show with not only the youngest fighter on this card, but the youngest fighter in the UFC, Raul Rosas Jr., joins us next on The Fight Game on 1230 The Game. Welcome back to The Fight Game with Iman Cotton. And welcome back to The Fight Game here on 1230 The Game. And we're going to close out the show with the 18-year-old phenom, Raul Rosas Jr. Now, man, tell me, I know only 18 years old. What's this pressure going to be like with that debut fight in the UFC, on the UFC proper, being on a pay-per-view in Las Vegas? Well, it, pre- it feels uh, pretty amazing. Like I'm just blessed for the opportunity that I'm here and that I'm able to show my skills in front of thousands of people. Um, all the hard work that I've been putting this past years is going to show. So I'm just like thankful for this opportunity. Yeah, and your opponent, Jay Perrin, I mean, what do you think about him? What were your thoughts when you first got, hey, this is going to be who you're fighting at UFC 282? Um. I don't think nothing much about him, you know, nothing bad about him, and um, but like I don't, I don't think he he brings something dangerous to the table. Um, when they told me that I was gonna fight him, I I just said yes. Um, I don't really care who I face. Like if they were to change my opponent last minute, it, uh, with a whole like opponent with different style, like it wouldn't really matter to me. I just try to get better myself, and I'm confident with what I bring to the table and. I'm just going to go out there and get the job done Saturday night. All right, man. And you're, you're, you're very confident in yourself, 18 years old, debuting in the UFC. But what do you think is the best aspect of your game? Um, I feel like uh, what I've been showing lately is a lot of my wrestling and grappling skills. But I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm in the same level in my striking. And, you know, whenever I have to show my striking, I'm going to show it. But as of right now, the... The big aspect that everybody's worried about me is my ground game right now. All right, and I've got to ask you, man, I don't know how much you want to get into it. Again, we're talking with Raul Rosas Jr. here on the fight game. Jay, he had a lot to say about you yesterday. I mean, talking a little trash, but also just saying, hey, he's still a kid. He's still young. How often or how much do you have to fend off the, hey, he's still a kid talk that you hear from people? Um, I don't, I don't. I don't really care about what people say, even my opponents. If if he wants to say that I'm just a kid, uh, it's all good, you know. I am a kid, but, you know, I'm just a different type of kid. And I'm just going to go out there and finish him on Saturday night. I don't care what he says. Um, at the end of the day, we can all just sit here and say whatever we want. Um, but Saturday night, it's all going to show. And after that, we'll see whoever, you know, like if he still has mm-hmm. to say that I'm a kid. After Saturday night. Again, you even mentioned to the fact that you are still a kid. I mean, so what's what's it been like, I mean, with your friend circles, within the family of this meteoric rise that you've had? 
it's been uh, pretty amazing, you know. Everybody's so supportive and funny, you know. So I, I, I like this process, you know, everything. You know, I'm uh, living the dream because I'm just 18 years old and I'm already fighting on the biggest organizations on the planet. And I'm just, I, I'm just blessed that I'm at this point right now at such a young age, such a uh, young career. But, you know, it all took hard work, like, a lot of sacrifices that I've put put me on this spot today. So, you know, I'm just ready to go out there and go for my next fight. Could you speak to some of those sacrifices that you mentioned? I mean, because a lot of people, they just say, hell, he's 18. Oh, of, oh, it's 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 a nice story, but maybe they don't realize the actual work that you've had to put in to get to this spot mm-hmm. because nothing was handed to you. Yeah, so there, there, uh, if you really think about it, like no 18-year-old really gets here because it takes a lot of sacrifices that a lot of young people aren't willing to do. And I had all the support system, which is my family, and I also had the sacrifices that I made. Uh, the reason why I really don't usually mention my sacrifices is because, or what I've been through is because as long as I know what I've been through and all the, like from where I started, you know, I'm proud of myself and I don't care what other people think, but some of the biggest sacrifices that I made is like, Hanging out with friends after school, um, you know, going to after school parties, going to homecoming, going to like a lot of this stuff, hanging out with friends just in general outside of school. I never had time for that because right after school I had to go to practice. And <clears throat> yeah, just a lot of sacrifices that I've made, like also leaving my friends behind for me to move to another city, brand new city where I don't know anybody. Just for me to keep evolving my game and training, like, again, I was comfortable again in Santa Rosa, California, but I had to leave all my friends behind to move over here to Las Vegas and start a new journey in my career. So it's just a lot of sacrifices that I had to be, that had to be done, and I'm just willing to do anything for me to accomplish my dreams. Again, we're talking to Raul Rosas Jr. here on the fight game. You mentioned the sacrifices and the school activities that maybe you could not do. I mean, so what's it like still being in high school in this journey that you're on? It feels pretty amazing because you don't really see kids my So, you know, it's pretty amazing for me to be part of that list. And I'm just, like, proud that I'm able to show... uh, other young kids in high school that you can do anything that's never been done before, you know, just go out there and do it. Like, I don't care if, if there's no one on this world that believes in me, like, that I couldn't do it. And I, I still believe in myself. So, like, a lot of people didn't believe that I should be standing here right now talking to you at this early age, talking about my fight on Saturday night for the UFC 282. But... I believe I could do it, and I just I just know that everything I want to do is based on work. So all my hard work is going to show Saturday night. All right, Raul, only got a couple more questions for you, man. This is something that I try to ask everybody. When it's the fight week, I know that you're ready for that fight because, you know, the, the, the most dangerous okay. opponent is the next opponent. But what are you doing in your downtime? What are you doing to just mellow out before the fight? Um... Well, I, this five weeks, I've just been chilling, you know, doing interviews and having fun with it because I enjoy the whole process. I, I, I'm enjoying the whole journey. I enjoy it. I'm thankful that, you know, uh, I get to live another day and another day of this, uh, what I love, which is fighting. 
So, yeah, I'm just blessed, and I'm thankful for all this that I have. And I, I, I'm just not satisfied yet. So I'm going out there and getting what I really want. All right, last question I got for you. If you were to get this win here on Saturday, what do you, what do you expect for yourself in 2023? I expect a lot from, my, from myself in 2023. I expect a lot of activity. Um, I hope I can fight January and back to back. I'm down. Um, at, the end, at the end of 2023, I see myself on the top 15 or at least in the top 10. Um, I just want to be fighting the best in the world. I'm I'm ready for the next level, and I want to be as closest to the title as I can by the end of 2023. All right, man. I love the goals that you guys set for yourself. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. And that was Raul Rosas Jr. joining me here on the fight game. Thank you to the UFC. I mean, for all of the great guests that we had on today. I mean, Patty the Batty Pimblet, Thug Nasty Bryce Mitchell, and Raul Rosas Jr. I mean, a real who's who, an up and coming who's who in the UFC. That's just going to about do it for us here today on the fight game. Again, I want to also thank Top Rank for Xander Zayas and Teofimo Lopez, the takeover, the breaks over. I mean, such a great show. And again, AEW Dynamite, they're doing great stuff. Ricky Starks, MJF, you don't want to miss that feud. It is the future. Thank you for listening here to the fight game on 1230 The Game. I am your host, as always, Damon Cotton. Remember, stay safe and protect yourself at all times, everybody.